is a special edition of Canary Cast um, because we have a guest, a very special guest. Um, and I am feeling completely outranked today because <laughs> I, I don't have any titles. I don't have anything <laughs> after my name at all. I have an apostrophe in my surname because my name is Cleo or Cleo. <laughs> um, but I am joined by Janet in the mountains, as usual, Janet Anscombe, and Anne Hernandez, who is in the Campo, <laughs> in the Spanish mainland. And both Anne and Janet are MBEs. Anne is the latest yes, MBE to join the ranks. So I am actually, I'm going to sit back for a minute and I'm going to let <laughs> one MBE talk to another MBE because I don't know what questions to ask. I have no ties to the royal family at all. <laughs> I, don't think, I, don't, I don't think we have a secret language. We're not into the funny handshakes. <laughs> I don't well, think so. I, I got both my trouser legs rolled fully down to my ankles, so I'm not trying. <laughs> Um, congratulations. I'm delighted well, for you. you. I, I can't you. think of, well, thank you, but I can't think of anyone who deserves it more, frankly, after the last five years. I, I know what you've been through. Believe me, I know what you've been through. And my goodness, you are such a worthy recipient, as are, as are the others. Indeed. I, I've forgotten their names. Cleo, you've got their names, haven't you? They're, we have yeah. Michael, Harris, Michael, Michael Harris, Vice President of Euro Citizens. Um, Anne, our own Anne, president of Brexpats in Spain. Uh, Debbie Williams, Brexpats here, our voice. And Sue Wilson, um, British services to British National in Spain. And after we've talked just about you, Anne, I think we need to come back and look at how all of these MBs are going to people who seem to be Remainers. I think that's yes. a very interesting isn't it sign yeah. from the foreign <laughs> office so i think we can talk about that in a minute um but uh, you know uh, you were a retired university lecturer and janet is too again yeah you know yeah like, we what did you lecture in now uh, tourism and hospitality where, where was that in, in Spain? Here in, yeah and in the uk yes wow oh wow yeah wow, so you, you really are oh, oh. History, i suppose it is. It's, it's classics and ancient history. It's, um, it's, it's as far removed from tourism as you could imagine. Although, yeah. although the Canary Islands are one of the few places in Europe today that, that would have been recognised in the ancient world because we, we were known as the Blessed Islands. We form part of myth, you know. I mean, we're, we're the islands of the edge of the world. We, we are where Helen of Troy lives for eternity with Achilles and Socrates. You've we discovered my secret, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you one thing, we haven't got a thousand ships of any description at the moment. <laughs> no, no, no I mean, yeah, these islands do feature because, you know, the, uh, uh, the, the Brendan voyage, which was a voyage done in a small Curragh exactly. boat off the south of Ireland <laughs> by a monk who exactly. is his belief probably ended up in the States, but he's stopped off in the Canary Islands as well. And then we have our mythical island, Anne, of San Borondon, which only appears every now and then. But back to you, back, back to, to <laughs> back to the MBE. So, I mean, you're, you're a lecture, you lectured, you're a retired lecturer, but we've known you, Janet and I, because of your incredible work. You set up breakfasts in Spain. I did, yes. Yeah. Was, was that for a particular reason? Could you? Was it after yeah. Brexit that you said that? It was after about? Brexit. I mean, I'm not a political animal, strangely enough. I have become so, and and, <laughs> I, and I and I wish I had taken a little bit more interest earlier on because I actually find it quite fascinating. It, it's quite interesting. It's very corrupt. 
Um, and oh, if, yes, you can yes, over, yes. if you can overlook <coughs> some, of the, some of the corruption, it, it's still very interesting. Um, yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I moved out here to the Costa del Sol. I used to live in Tenerife, actually, and Gijón oh. and Tarragona. But ah. I moved to the Costa del Sol in 1999 with my mother and my daughter. My daughter's still here. My mother lived with me until she passed away just before the Brexit referendum the year before. Um, and I suppose having a daughter like me who speaks Spanish as well, um, she, she could get by in the supermarket, she could pay for a cup of coffee, that sort of thing. But beyond that, anything that came through the post that was a little bit legal looking or official, she used to say, oh, what does this mean? And I said, oh, just bin it, it's advertising. <laughs> Only to find it about a week later, tucked away somewhere safe, you know, as my mother used to call it. <laughs> and I'd pull it out and throw it in the bin and I'd be told I was reckless. Oh, you are naughty. That might be important. No, it isn't. Well, she used to go to this club for expats, play, play a game of bingo in a quiz once a week. And she used to come home with all these tales that I call him Bob in the bar. <laughs> um, we all know those and i and i started i i got to thinking well these people don't have the likes of me it was totally for free and i just started up um, a help group called costa help um and i would say you know if you if you needed me to go with you to the doctor's appointment or make an appointment or do a denouncer at the police station or read your electricity bill or, or speak to the telephone company etc and they'd buy me a cup of coffee. Sometimes they'd buy me a bottle of wine. I don't drink alcohol, but even so, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, and it sort of stemmed on from that. Then I had lost my mother by, by Brexit. And I thought, my goodness me, there's still going to be people here thinking in much the same way. And I started getting quite earnest pleas, mostly, I must say, from elderly people. And you're going to have to help us. Spain's going to chuck us out. I've got nowhere to go. And I thought, yes. what, really? Yes. And I really yes. hadn't taken too much interest in it. I really hadn't. Yes. I had been asked by a friend here who was sort of the representative, the chairperson of Conservatives Abroad, if I would do some talks, which I had been doing since the beginning of the year, 2016. So I knew a little bit about it, but it was nothing that I really thought was going to affect me massively, although I would have liked to have voted, bearing in mind myself and my daughter are still living in the EU, and I did realise there were certain issues that were going to change. Exactly. Because I've lived here for more than 15 years, so we hope that's been changed now. Um, and as a result of that, I thought, well, I need to help these people. My, my little cost to help group was not enough. Um, so I'm president also of my community, quite a large community, and have been now for 15 years. So I, I have connections with local councils, etc. Of course. So I, I, I went and spoke to the local mayor at the time, and he said, well, you need to set up an association, and then you can collaborate with the councils. Mm. If you're not a properly fully fledged legalized association you're just a facebook group then forget it but so that's what i did and i started as brexpats in mijas which is where i live well within about a month i had a thousand inquiries Tenerife <laughs> 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 as well from all sorts yeah. of places alicante etc where there's quite a large um um gathering let's say of a clusters of clusters of, of yeah, British more than people. anything um who really didn't understand and, yeah. and not just the elderly obviously it was people that were here with children and working and all sorts of things like this um so i went back to the mayor and he said well you need to make it breakfast in spain then and there we go and the rest is history mm. so i can't personally do it all i do down my end obviously as much as i possibly can but i sort of oversee and and help um the representatives that I've acquired along the way in different areas of Spain. So we are now, I think we're about 27,000 members actually. That's amazing. That is a lot. That's a huge. And, and, and all we do is help. I mean, that's the MBE. I, 
I find it rather strange. I, I don't know about you, Janet, but all I've done is help people. I, I've I just a kindness I and compassion for people and help. I don't think that needs special recognition. I think that's something I, we could all be doing anyway. I couldn't I agree with you more. Day, but, but people, <clears throat> but they haven't done, and I have. I can understand that. Not yeah. everybody does. I People just... say, you know, oh, you deserve a medal for what you've done and what you've put yeah. up with. <clears throat> you think, yeah, but like you, our, our stories are relatively similar in that sense. We've been over here yeah. 17 years now. And when we came over, there, there was nothing. There were the occasional little forum. I think at the time there was um, a website called yeah. holidaylettings.com. And it had a sort of a chat section to it. And the holidaylettings.com and the local forums here, they all had any number of Bob in the bar. Yeah. Times, you know, and Betty. Bob and Betty. Bob and Betty. Bob and Betty in the Sally bar. Sally in the salon and, as well. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the fact is that you could have lawyers on there, qualified abogados. Or you could have people like you and me who bothered to find out what the situation was, collaborating officially with organisations, knowing what we're talking about, but maybe without the, the legal qualifications uh -huh. to do so. And then you've got Sally in the salon and Bob in the bar and somebody in, I don't know, Chester or Chesterfield, who's suddenly worried about Brexit because they've got a property in Tarmelinos and they don't know are they even going to be able to go and see it. Uh -huh. All of us, all of a sudden, they are talking to people on the spot because they need to know what's going on in Spain, whether it's Tenerife or Mijas or wherever. Uh -huh. And they don't know. Are they talking to Bob in the bar, Jose the Abogado, and the expert on Brexit, Janet the expert on property law? They don't yeah. know. Yeah, and this is why this is why I set up my website, just like you set up Brexperts, except it wasn't connected with at the time a particular um, campaign or focus. It was just a general sort of help for Brits in Tenerife who couldn't identify reliable information. Mm -hmm. and, and you know, I think if you have the ability to do that, and I don't know, maybe because we're lecturers, maybe because we are in education and information it matters to us but i agree with you completely if we can do that and we have a, an urge to do that i'll take the honor but i didn't need the honor i didn't yes. do it for an honor no. i'm I, glad people appreciate it but it's just what we do isn't it you and i can it's i just ask both do. of you because what strikes me listening to what you're both saying is that rightly or wrongly there was a sense after Brexit was was voted through that there was a, an obvious and sudden gap in terms of information for British people living in Spain. Um, yes. Uh, now, I'm not going to say that that is the fault of the embassy or the council, because if we remember back, there was a real shock when Brexit mm -hmm. went through, because oh, I think why. most people that's in authority why. felt it, that it wasn't going to pass. And Absolutely. you guys were Absolutely. just, I mean, Anne, you, in particular, you, you, because your group was so Brexit focused, you filled a gap there that was yes. really screamingly obvious, but very quickly. Because well, you, said, you, said, you, said, you said Brexit focused, Cleo. We're not, we're, we help everybody. I mean, some of the other groups will only help those that voted remain. I really like one whether you voted remain or whether you voted to leave, there, there's not going to be any special exceptions. No, I didn't mean that at all, but I meant people no, affected by saying, Brexit. It's going to hit us all in exactly the same way. So yeah. we are really, 
apolitical, not political, if, if you understand. understand. Although the subject, I understand it, is politically biased. We, we try not to be. Obviously, we have our personal opinions, but we will help anybody. It's all, it's all the rumours and scaremongering that we've tried to then squash. We, like Janet says, we, we, we just deliver facts. Some yeah. people don't like it, you know, and I will be tagged into other groups sometimes, having already answered a question, and then it will be, Anne Hernandez can help you. And I think, I've just answered this question. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't change my answer. I'm telling you the truth. You might not like it, but that is how it is. And, and I am frequent. Like I'm, I'm frequently accused of bias, and it's a, oh, it's a, it's a usual bloody Ramon stance. Is, is yeah. what I oh, yeah. usually is a bloody Ramon stance. You're a bloody Ramona because you give a fact, and at the moment the facts are. Let us just say the facts as they are, reality as it is at the moment, is not presenting Brexit in the best of lights. Mm -hmm. Whether you think that's temporary teething problems or structurally embedded is another matter. Mm -hmm. But when you just represent reality and you get attacked for bias, you, you know that you're dealing with people who haven't really cottoned on to mm -hmm. exactly. what is actually happening right now. And they are going to be hit perhaps even worse than those who have an expectation that something not too good is coming mm -hmm. and have taken measures like we've been helping people to be legal, to find out what they have to do, to be registered so that there, there are no elephant traps waiting for them. Mm -hmm. there, will be, yeah. there will be little things that we haven't picked up and that cause them problems, but there won't be elephant traps, we hope. But those who have been in denial, they're the ones who are gonna get hit even worse, I think. Janet, there's still, just, people, there's still people that will tell me when I say, well, why didn't you exchange your driving license? You had an NIE, you could have done so, you're, you're, you had a residency before the end of December. Well, I just never thought it would happen. And they yeah, still don't now. think it would happen. I mean, what, what are there three or four main issues, Anne, that you still find people are worried about concentrating on? Or, or like, what would be the top three questions in your in-tray? TIEs, is there a deadline? <laughs> um, no, there isn't, because it is still not obligatory. It's optional, though it is being encouraged, yeah. because a lot of the authorities here don't seem to fully understand it. And and they, I mean, even somebody said to me not so long ago that the bank manager told me they are closing my account unless I can present a TIE, because uh, the old green residences will not be valid anymore, which is absolute rubbish. I mean, yes. you know, and and. Saying about that, actually, we've sort of, yes, we started off as a, as a fact-finding and fact-giving, let's say, association and helping, etc. Then we've sort of become COVID experts. Goodness only knows how, but you know, <laughs> we know all about COVID. Uh, and we've now morphed into sort of an action group, more like a lobbyist, though I don't, though I don't believe it's legal in Spain, but we're, we're sort of... Um, taking case studies, let's say, to, to the authorities, British Embassy, et cetera, we collaborate with, to try and, try, to try and get some right put to the wrongs. Because mm. as Janet said, you know, some of the solicitors, the Abogados are even getting it wrong. They'd never yes. dealt with this before. The yeah. TIE for third country nationals, yes, that's not changed. But the TIE with regards to being a beneficiary of the withdrawal agreement, Article 18.4, is slightly different. It's new. And, and, and that, that's new. I mean, it's new to all of us. Yes. And unless you've studied it, then <clears throat> don't fully understand it so yeah. TIA I'd have to say is one of the big issues okay. <laughs> and I keep banging my head against a brick wall saying it is not obligatory but if you want to change it you can and it's being encouraged to do so particularly if you travel <laughs> um, the other thing is driving licenses yes if yes. you are a beneficiary of the withdrawal agreement uh, um, 
or can prove that you lived here legally and are applying for your TIE before uh, you, you lived here legally before the end of December on and you're applying for your TIE even still now. Um, your driving license ceases to be valid unless you have exchanged it for a Spanish one at the end of this month. I mean, what we got? Nine, ten days of work? <laughs> nine days, isn't it? Today? Nine ten. days. Nine yeah. days. Yeah. Um, and they don't seem to understand that. And a no. lot of the um, information they've been given by a gestor, by an abogado, they say, oh, no, they said we couldn't change it unless we had the actual TIE, which is rubbish. You only needed yes. the, the letter, the resolution letter. So sadly, what's going to happen unless there's a further agreement and I know there are negotiations taking place but obviously it won't come through before the end of June they're going to have to take a driving test yeah. the theory you can take in English the practical you can't it's yeah. in Spanish um I don't know about in Tenerife I haven't been there for a long time but roundabouts in Spain are certainly dealt with differently you are oh, ten, that hasn't Tenerife. changed <laughs> the canaries the canaries have in in recent years discovered roundabouts and there are quite a few of them now I mean there have been right. for some years but suddenly about yeah. I don't know five years ago they just seemed maybe they just started breeding I don't know but whatever <laughs> you, know. Have, whenever you, you get you a new one in your village for Christmas <laughs> and for your birthday <laughs> that's to put the poinsettias on exactly <laughs> and the Virgin Mary for the for a yeah, couple of weeks yeah, yeah, yeah. without a driving but I mean license. so so yes people that have been driving for donkey's years I mean I wouldn't like to think I've got to take a driving test even in, in the UK in England no exactly but if I didn't speak Spanish to think I've got to take a practical in Spanish yeah. it must be quite daunting it yeah. is I did it and it's expensive you can't just you can't just turn up and say i'll have my test now please or apply yeah. with a nail plate on the back of your car you have to do it officially through a driving school yeah and you and have, to and have you a can't certain do... number of lessons that have to be exactly. registered and everything exactly exactly so it's exactly. quite different and quite expensive so sadly it's cost them money so they're the two big things i mean they're the two main issues can yeah. i just when i was talking to you earlier about the group i didn't mean to imply that you were political but nor did no, no, I, mean I know to you imply didn't. that the embassy was deliberately ignoring residents because I mean I I feel you would have the same consul as we do, Charmaine. And I think yes, both the embassy and the consul have been extremely grateful for groups like yours because they bridge that gap. Yes. And yes. you yes. have worked, I mean, you work <clears throat> hand in hand with them a lot of the time, don't you, Anne? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I mean, Charmaine's become a good friend. I, I say we're sort of the ones with the noses to the ground that people don't mind admitting they've defaulted in Spain, perhaps, um, that they wouldn't like to admit perhaps to an official at the embassy. You know, they'll say, oh, dear, I never got my residency or I haven't yeah. changed my driving license. What do I exactly. do? Exactly. Yeah. And, and so we can help them. I mean, funnily enough, the, the uh, Mijas Town Hall recently uh, said that they had doubled their figures of Brits that were on the Padron. And I really think I need to claim that. That's me. Get <laughs> 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 a commission. <laughs> I don't get any commission. No. Get commission. <laughs> so my driving you know. I'm forever there. I mean, I'm one of their regulars now. I'm, I'm, I'm registered there now. Obviously, I have been for a while. Um, but, I mean, you know, you have to know how to do things, basically. Of course and you it's, do. Not, it's not as straightforward. There's, there's some people, sadly... In fact, only last week I had five cases in two days of people that had been declined. They'd been refused their TIE, applying afresh. They didn't have any residency right. um, because they were doing it with a lady up the road who spoke Spanish. You know, the son who's learned a little bit of Spanish at school, that sort of thing. They're trying to save 200 euros, basically. Yeah. And, it, yeah. and, it, and it's, the, it, it's, it's really important as to whether they can continue living yeah. here or not. I mean, it's not just it something is. to be taken lightly, you know. Yeah. Um, and they're now saying, God, what, what, what am I going to do? We've been refused. 
well, did you this, that, and the other? Oh, no, I didn't know. They don't know the, the, the proper information to deliver in the first instance. So I think this bad. is another... I think this is another unintended consequence of Brexit in a way that it always was possible because once they abolished the residentia system and made registering with the police compulsory in 2012, most people knew they had to do that if they were coming here to live. Many didn't, we know that, but those who did, they could just go and ask, well, I mean, how many Facebook groups were there? You only had to say, I, I need a near, or can anyone tell yeah. me how to get a register? You'd get half a dozen people who do it for 20 euros. They'll help you. They'll give you a hand. Uh -huh. The system has changed. The requirements have changed. And it is not going to be so possible anymore just to get Joe down the road who speaks a bit of Spanish. He can give you a hand. It, it's a bit more complicated now. And it Very does so. cost money. Yeah. And Very it costs so. a lot more money as resources before you can apply. And then the mm. help you need needs to be of a more professional level than it used to be. But also for, for British people, but, the implications of not getting it are much more grave. Uh, absolutely. absolutely. But I mean, of it, course. it especially needs a, a more professional person because if you are declined, you've got 10 days to submit the, the information that they might be asking for, or you might exactly. just be refused totally, in which case exactly. you've got to go to an appeal. And an exactly. appeal could, could involve going to court. Now, if you're not if you're not legally qualified, you're not going to know where to even begin with that. No, you know? exactly. So, so it's right. going to cost them in the long run probably yeah. double. It, it, it's really quite. A, I can understand people trying to save money, but it, it's not the best way to economise when you're when you're applying for something like well, that. It really it's, it's, a it's, you, it's a classic false economy, isn't oh, it? Totally, I mean, it is, it's, it's really a false economy to try exactly. to save. Just try exactly. to save 200 euros and wreck your whole future. Yeah, exactly. I do, you, mean, do you see the system changing, either of you, in the short term? I mean, because it's so complicated, because it's so confusing. No, um, I don't, actually. <laughs> no, I don't either. No. There's no, I mean, the Spanish government aren't in any rush to make it simpler. Why should they have to? This yeah. Spain, well, Spain hasn't left the EU. Yeah. This is what, you know, this is what keeps annoying me. I keep hearing... God, why is Spain doing this to us? They're, they're making oh, us constant. Hello, oh, which country yeah. has left the EU? It isn't Spain. And Spain doesn't want all of this. We've cost them an absolute fortune. Yeah. Well, they, also is, they need us too much. Spain needs us too much. Is the oh, other one, what, I'm, what I'm also getting a lot of is why are the EU introducing these new rules? They always used to like our sausages, uh -huh. and now we can't have Irish sausages or British <laughs> sausages. And, you can and have why, Irish sausages. No, you can't. Is it Irish? It is the British <laughs> It's why are all these new rules? Why are they doing this? Is it just revenge over? No, these rules have always been in place and you voted to impose them on yourself and now you're blaming other people. But they didn't it's, understand it, that. Is they the didn't problem. understand, but they, they didn't understand because they dismissed, and this is where I get really rather angry because they had the information to make a different choice. Because we told them, because I know that over the past five years, you Anne, have been mainly helping people in practical ways to be legal yeah. to. I've, I've done slightly, I've been on a different trajectory, I suppose, over the last mm -hmm. five years, because I've never worked in the field. I've, I've never done paperwork for, for mm -hmm. people in terms of Brexit. My work has been more behind the scenes. I've tried to mm -hmm. prevent this catastrophe or what mm -hmm. I see as a catastrophe. And, and so I know the rules that were in place and I know the people are coming to me because they know I know what was going mm -hmm. on behind the scenes. And yet we were told all the way along, this is project fear. This is That's not right. going oh, to happen. Yeah. Project yeah. Fear. I've been called a scaremonger more times oh. than I've had hot dinners in the last five years. Me too. And look at what is happening now. I've it's been called a traitor. 
I've been yes, sorry, that's because a lovely I word. Vote, because I didn't vote for it. And I was told if I go back to the UK, I shall be locked in the, I shall be locked in the tower. I mean, I, I, I was, yeah, I mean, I was doing a, a tiniest little bit of backroom work on what has contributed to the whole phenomenon of Gina Miller. Yeah. And I've been called a traitor who, who should, yeah. who deserves capital punishment for that. Yeah. Because I mean, that's quite, what you, some, you have. That's really quite nasty comments. But a question yeah. to both of you, and I know this is not my interview, but <laughs> it's, a, it's a chat. It's not an it's interview. A it's a chat. Certainly in the Canaries, I don't know, though I do tend to feel. Um, do you do you think Spain and the Spanish are becoming a little bit fed up with this? Are, are we becoming extremely awkward and, and an absolute burden to them? I certainly, I can speak from the point of view of Adeche, and you and I have chatted about this on Facebook recently, Anne, because I was answering mm -hmm. a question. I know in Adeche, there is a sense of, these are the rules, these are our rules, and if you don't like them, you have to change your status. And this would be with regard to, say, the TIE. Mm -hmm. um, now, I feel, because, for instance, in Adeche Town Hall, they won't give you certain things like a travel <coughs> suit, uh, if you don't have your TIE now. And I think the feeling is you voted for Brexit. You had a year and a half to get all your paperwork in order and all your, your dominoes yeah. lined up. So we're not going to start. We're not shilly shallying around anymore. Yeah, yeah. I won't. I don't know at national level. I do. In terms of public chit chat and on the street and in bars and stuff. No, I think administratively there might be a little bit of fed up -edness. Yes, I I, so. the impression the impression I get is is not so much that it's they are newly fed up with us. I think they've always been a bit <laughs> fed up with us <laughs> because, because we aren't the easiest of people to be abroad. We have a sense of entitlement. We think we've still ruled the world. We behave like expats rather than any the Spaniard in the UK. We call them immigrants here. We call ourselves expats. I think we have always had the impression we've always given the impression of being Special. A bit up ourselves and a bit special mm. and a mm. bit demanding. And we have been, we have had qualities that the Europeans generally, and I, I flatter myself, I know a little bit about how the Europeans view the UK. Um, the Europeans generally seem to me to feel that the UK has had qualities that more than make up for all the negatives that we've just been talking about. We have a sense of humour. We oh, have that. comedy. We, we have we, we have, have a crap. Sense of humor. We have a unique sense of humor, but mm. they love it. They, they do. the Germans they do. particularly uh, adore it, and the Italians. Now, what we've done is we basically said, "Well, thank you, but you know, we're off. Bye, goodbye." We and these are these are our rules. We're leaving uh. your club, but these are the rules you are going to abide by. I I don't get the sense they're fed up with us. I get the sense that they think, okay, well, you've lost your sense of humour. Come back and see us when you find it again. <laughs> and meanwhile, meanwhile, these are the rules of our club, and yeah. we've given you a lot of leeway in the past, but those days are gone by your own choice. These mm. are the rules. Abide by them. So no, I don't think they're fed up with us. I think they are now sticklers for detail because they have no choice. What else can they do with us? No, they can't do anything. If, but funny if, you should say about our unique sense of humour. I, I go to Trafico quite a lot with people to help them exchange their driving licence. And there's one man there, one of the funcionarios, the clerks there, absolutely adores our, our British <laughs> comedy. And, uh, and he, if he hears my voice when I'm speaking English to the clients that I'm with, he'll say, he, he jumps out and he says, I knew it was you, I knew it was you. And he, <laughs> 
us reciting things from from Rowan, uh, from Mr. Bean, Mr. Bean. Or, or, you know, scenes that he's seen or from Monty Python. And then he said, if only I spoke English, English better, he said, I think I'd enjoy it so much more. But he thinks we're absolutely, he thinks we're all Mr. Beans. Or, or or Monty Pythons. He thinks we're amazing. And, and, and we're all third, living in faulty towers. <laughs> I, you know, I was just going to say a third strand to that trio of of stellar programs was faulty towers because the Germans love that. The UK has been tearing itself apart as to whether you could possibly show it again because it's so politically incorrect now and whether you can uh, particularly show the episode where Basil does the goose stepping and says don't mention the war. I I mentioned it once but I think I got away with it. Um, You know the Germans love it. The UK is tearing itself apart and the Germans think oh why don't you just enjoy the fact you have such a sense of humour. I'm I'm reminded that I mean when Ireland was joining I mean coming from Ireland it's a different history because we weren't allowed into the UK the EU back in the day until the UK was in because we weren't seen as being able to kind of cope economically. And one of the things that I think the Irish government was very active in was um bringing Ireland into the EU, but bringing all of our cultural differences and um, celebrating them. So that people- Viva la différence. Yeah, that being Irish was different, but it was now being part of the EU as well. And I sometimes felt that Britain were actually angry about being in the EU because they felt it threatened their cultural uniqueness. Whereas the rest of the EU really liked each other's cultural uniqueness and felt Mm -hmm. it was part of of the overall picture of being European. And maybe that's where some of the, the whole Brexit issues kind of got lost that, you know, being British is unique and that's wonderful, but you're allowed to be British and be European as well. But maybe yeah. people didn't understand that. Would that make sense? You know what, what, what I think happened and the reason I, going back to the information vacuum we were talking about, I think it was pure shock. No plans were put into place because they didn't expect to lose the referendum. David Cameron would never have held the referendum if he thought this would be the result, because what's happened? He's exposed as someone who didn't deserve power, someone who was looking after the integrity of the Tory party above all other considerations. And so I don't think he would have um, gone down that path if he had thought there was the slightest chance he could lose. And so one has to look for the reasons for that loss because it took everybody by surprise. And I think part of the problem is that it's an, an emotional vote. And this is why Anne and I have been called traitors and project fear and scaremongers because you can't respond to an emotion with fact. All it does is double down the emotion. Mm. But it's also why both of you got your MBEs, because you persisted, I think, in the face of of certain small groups of people who didn't want to hear the truth that you had to say. But but the powers that be here in Spain, who are recognising with their MBE list this year, again, a lot of people who are European by nature, as well as being British. And both of you kind of persisted in your truths. And I think that's yes. why more, mm. I would see more than any other reason is why you were you were given these awards that you both richly deserve. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It, it, it could be that that we have tried to well we have continued to give facts and we have Absolutely. dealt with we have dealt with the 
tidal wave of emotion and anger and frustration and fear on both sides. Yeah. Let, let, let's be real. I let's mean, be real still, here. Every it's, side. it's still a very emotive subject, though. Absolutely. It really so it is. I mean, it, it has disunited the United Kingdom. Oh. It really has. Completely. Um, and added, added together with COVID, I mean, it's a lethal mix. It, it's horrendous. We have a few minutes left and I, a question I didn't have on my list, but occurs to me talking to you. Are you going to run for politics then? You've, you've admitted you're involved. Or Janet. Yeah. <laughs> no. no, Anne. I mean, you no, kind of I... said you, you liked cut and thrust, I think, a little bit. Would you ever think of running yeah. as a local councillor? I get bored otherwise, you know, I've got to be doing things. <laughs> I like a challenge. I, once I've achieved it, though, I sort of lose interest. So maybe that's <laughs> well, you could go from Michas to Madrid and then to Europe. Yeah, yeah. no, well, I don't know. I'm, I'm not too sure about that. No, I'm, I'm getting too old now, perhaps. Well, I, don't know. I don't know. If somebody came knocking at your door in two years time to get you to stand for local, on the list for local election, would you think about it? I might think about it. Well, <laughs> but that means, have an exclusive. To, that, that means I've got to be allied to a party. I've got to join a party, haven't I? And I'd rather it was an independent party. You'd run as an independent and then be kind of given, a, you know, a councillor position. Yeah. Like Michas has a very, very excellent uh, department for foreigners. Absolutely. It does. Yeah, very much it's so. It's the envy, it I think, does. of the rest of Spain. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I... I don't have anything more to say. I am in awe of both of you. I bow down to both of you. Uh, I'm just privileged to know and work with both. I'm still, I'm family. still very ordinary. Believe me, Cleo. I'm, I'm I won't change. No me. Well, I think that's no. that's a huge quality, Anne. Mm. I'm, yes, I'm, I agree. And I'm always being asked where do, where do I bulk by my my patience? I think being a Janet will probably back this up. Being coming from education, you have to have a lot of patience because not everybody learns at the same speed. Absolutely, so, I said the same thing to Keo yeah. last podcast. Actually, that in work, I, I had a lot of patience. My patience has only evaporated with people who <laughs> want to know whether they have to have an antigen or a PCR test <laughs> for the two hundredth time a day. Ladies, <laughs> it has been a pleasure. I presume hats are being bought and frocks are being ironed. <laughs> <laughs> when did you find out, Anne? Probably about four weeks before it was actually announced. Yeah. Oh, well, it's not so bad. I, I found out in June last year, but they weren't allowed to announce it until October because right. they had to they had to include um, the COVID frontline workers and they didn't know who to include. And so the they told us, and then we had to keep it under our hats for have you four months. Collected, have you actually collected your MBE? No, I think what they're probably going to do is do the investitures at the same time for last year as this. Well, that's going to be a long day, isn't it? Isn't it <laughs> just? Are you, are you going to go to London? Or are I you going know. to have I, yours? I was thinking I might prefer to go to Madrid, to be truthful. Okay. I don't yeah, know. I, I've said I want mine here in Tenerife. Yeah. I, I don't want to go to the UK. I'm, I'm, no. I, I know it's a once in a lifetime opportunity and I keep being told, oh, you really should. But I'm not in all of that pomp and ceremony. I just don't think I would fit in. I'm not another a finger in the air and tea and cucumber sandwiches on the lawn type. <laughs> well, another way, another way in which we're similar. You said, Janet, that the reason you got your MBE was for work you did here in Tenerife, so you feel you should receive it here in Tenerife as well. And you're, you sound like you're thinking along similar lines, Anne. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm, I want to accept it on behalf of my team, because without them, I couldn't have done it. I've got a wonderful team in my Brexpats group. And alone, I certainly wouldn't have been able to do half of what I've done. But you've so done it's, a lot. it's for all of us. Yes, Thank exactly. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, there we will leave it. Um, but maybe, you know, we, 
when we get the picture of you in the dress, both of you, the dresses <laughs> and the medals and the hats, we will put them up on our web page. <laughs> That's a little bit worrying, Cleo, because I think the last dress I wore was about 40 years ago, and that was my wedding dress. <laughs> I'm not really sure about that. A nice pair of pressed trousers, I'm sure, would be totally better. <laughs> <No. laughs> All right, Anne Hernandez, it's a real pleasure. To Thank talk you. to you again, and now that it I'm, has. I lovely have to, to say, see you, Lady Anne. No, it's not a lady. No. Anne. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Anne and Jana, thank you so much for joining us, and thank everybody to to everybody for listening to Canary Cast, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thank bye, you, everybody. Thank bye. you, Janet. Bye, bye. bye. Thank you. Bye.